You have a Christmas tree? Yeah. Where's it at? Right here on the side. Oh, I missed it. Oh, there it is. Damn, you think we wouldn't have one or what? <laughs> hey, man, I don't know your tradition, bro. Bro, well, my tradition, <coughs> I mean, I used to have a plastic tree or a fake tree, and then, well, no, growing up, that was actually our Christmas tree, a small one, because my, da- my dad was all, like, Anti? Dad, well, not anti. He's just like, look it. I mean, like, there's there's no such thing as Santa Claus. We buy your Same. gifts. Uh, you know, Christmas trees. I mean, Christmas trees are like waxed American thing. So, <laughs> bro, it was, it was oh awful. Bro, it was awful. Yeah, that's just this way of saying we ain't got money. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, it is what it is. But Nikolai, you good? All right, cool. Because I've actually been recording, so we actually have that part right there. <laughs> Let's get it cracking. What's up, everybody? This is Big Pep, and we have another episode. You got my co-star, Mr. Juan Ramirez, to my left, and... Excuse me? I said hello. Oh, hi. (laughs) You just messed up my whole intro. (laughs) It's your fault. You stopped. I was trying to be polite. Oh, my gosh. Look, you guys, our special guest is a living legend here in the 805, Ventura County. Been on the radio for over 25 years. Man, if you don't recognize his voice and you're from out here, you don't deserve to live out here. All right. My name or his name is Mambo. Mr. Daniel Herrejon. Herrejon. <laughs> gotcha. I, uh, people tease me about it growing up, so I'm used to however they say it. What would be like the biggest teaser? Uh, orejon. Uh, that means big ears. Yeah. yeah. It's all good, man. Mm. I'm, I'm Pepe, but they used to call me Pee-Pee. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that over on Orejon. <laughs> so, first off, thanks for being on the, on the podcast. Nah, thanks for having me, bro. And uh, second off, it's all, honestly, for me, man, growing up here in Ventura, this is like a big fucking deal because I was, I, you know who I called last night was my mom. And she was like, I was like, yeah, I'm having mom on, on, on my podcast. She's like, no way. I'm like, yeah. I used to listen to you, the morning show. You and uh, you and Rico. When I used to go to Anna Kappa Middle School back in the day, man, you know that's that's the crazy part about like still being on the radio is is uh, having people t- say the stories when their parents listened. Yeah, and they were either getting dropped off in kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, mm-hmm. sixth grade, and now you you guys are adults. It's like it's like my my uh, son is twenty eight. So damn, yeah. And you've been on you've been on for. How many years exactly? I know, I know, I know that like, so this year, this year was 25. It was, it was 96 when, when, when we started, uh, the, the, the night show. Damn. But I, I kind of got into radio like, uh, three months before I actually started like, you know, talking on the radio. Before we, I mean, I have a whole, like the way I want to interview you from beginning to end. But since we're talking about 96, the first thing that pops, pops into your mind, 96 during that music era. Oh man, uh, Picky, uh, Biggie, and uh, uh, Tupac. Yeah, all that uh, you know, this everything that was going on with the whole death row thing. What did uh, and I'm bad with my with my dates. Did Tupac and Biggie both die that year? Ah man, I you know what I was drinking a lot during that time, so you're asking. <laughs> you're, you're, it's like quiz time for me. Jeez. But, but you know, <clears throat> those were like big moments in radio because you know back then there wasn't there wasn't a, a social media. You guys were the yeah. news, so we were the ones that 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 were re- reporting when something happened, and it was crazy because I was just thinking about this how how now like something breaks uh, a, a breaking news story breaks and like everyone's posting it yeah. like uh, what happened with Vicente Fernandez big deal it's like everyone was posting about it 
back then, uh, you know, we we got a we got a fax on the fax machine of a, of a breaking news. <laughs> yeah. And whoever was on on the air during that time was the one who got to break the news. Jeez. What was the biggest news that you can remember that you broke? Oh man, it, it, it was, it, I was, it wasn't even here. It was in, uh, uh, I was doing radio in Fresno and, uh, it's when nine 11 happened. Oh, I was, wow. I wasn't even supposed to, uh, I wasn't, it wasn't even my ship. I was filling in for somebody. And damn. so, so I remember my wife waking me up and saying like, Hey, I think, I think they're attacking the country and that's not something you wake up to, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I'm like looking at the TV and first I'm tripping out. Because I didn't think it was real. Then I go to work, start doing my shift, and they say, like, yo, like, you got to address this. And how I mean, do you address something like that? It was it was hard because I, I only talked once, and then they got the, the news crew in there. to Because, you know, usually radio stations have, like, a news station or a sister station that does yeah. the news. And uh, I got to talk, like, two times, but it was... I mean, when you're on the radio, you're just introducing music, you're giving shout outs or, yeah. you know, you're joking around. So it was, it was, it was tough to try to be serious. Yeah. yeah. Such a serious topic yeah. to get across to the world. Holy. Yeah. Oh, that'd be intense. I know, man. I remember I was in the seventh grade, 9-11 happened and they had the TV, Miss Hawkins had the TV and it showed, it was like, sh you know, showing all that and you see people crying and then all of a sudden you have parents coming to the school, just grabbing their kids. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I remember being taken out of school. I was, what, in, you were in seventh? I had to be in, like, third grade or yeah, second grade. I like kindergarten now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Um, yo, so you were born and raised here in the 805 in Santa Paula, correct? Yeah. Where did your love for music come from? Uh, just, you know, at home. Uh, it was always around us. You know, my dad listened to a lot of Spanish uh, stuff. You know, he listened to uh, this station. I think it was out of San Diego. It's called the, the Mighty 690. Okay. And they played like some of the top 40 stuff. Uh, but uh, for some reason, like, like uh, I think I, I want to say it was like the mid 80s. One of my uncles had a Curtis Blow. Uh, oh, yeah. These uh, are the breaks. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what what <clears throat> got my attention to like, you know, the 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 more hip stuff that was that was out there at the time. Uh -huh. And I was just like. When when I first heard it, I was like, what is this? Because, you know, you heard like the cool in the gang and, yeah. you know, of course, the Spanish stuff, Los Bukis, mm -hmm. Vicente Fernandez and all that stuff. But when when I heard uh, Curtis Blow, that that was what like caught my attention. Damn. And how old were you at that time, you think? Oh, man. Uh, I want to say maybe like 10 years old. And then when did you get your first uh, like your first DJ table? Oh, man, I, I it, it had to be like the late 80s. Dang. Yeah, but I used to always borrow it from friends because okay. I had two friends that were DJs and they would let me borrow their stuff. Like I had a neighbor, uh, his name's uh, Martin, mm -hmm. and uh, they, they had like a DJ set up and he said like, yeah, take it to your house. So he he kind of like, you know, used to let let me use his equipment. Damn. And when was what was your first, uh, like for your first event or when did you decide to like go public? Like, you know, what, I'm, I'm actually going to do a set at a quinceanera or did you do it in front of like your homies? Or do you remember like the first time you actually did a full, I think it set? was, it was with them. They did a wedding and, and they let me, you know, because they let me borrow the equipment. I used to go with them and, yeah. and, and uh, I want to say it was a, a quinceanera and 
from the beginning, I liked the more the up-tempo stuff. So it was a lot of the breakdancing music, like Planet Rock. Oh, you Africa Bambada. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. all that stuff is, is, is kind of the stuff that I like, you know, when, when I first got into DJing. Nice. The freestyle music. Yeah. That's all the the up temple stuff. What was the uh, what was the apparel back then? I feel like it was a lot of like Kango or like warm oh, up. Warm up you know what? It's, it's crazy because I just searched this, uh, but they used to wear troop shoes yep. with a troop jacket. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> yeah, I do. And I was kind of like trying to see, like, hey man, maybe I should buy a troop jacket just to to take it back. But them bitches are expensive, bro. So I'm like, <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> it was crazy. Like seeing, I just had a conversation with like with I think it was you. We were talking about. How now the the trend is like coming back, like bro, like oh, yeah. starter jackets, starter jackets from from when I was growing up, twenty bucks. Yeah, I don't know yeah. about like for you, but like, do you see what fashion trends are coming back, like back in your era? And now oh it's yeah, back now? I see it all the time. I mean, I mean, Jordans are are like one of them right exactly. now that everyone's on. And to me, it's funny because you know, I if I like something, I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just funny how like like when. Uh, when uh, everyone has their opinion on on what what you have, yeah. So like you know, I like I like Jordans, I like Dunks, um, but it's just funny how like. But you you've know, also been a fan of Jordan and Dunks since the eighties. Yeah, but but it's it's funny how in the sneaker world, like they'll judge you if you're wearing mids and not the oh, the highs, yeah. and I'm just like, or even how you're wearing them. Exactly, like, I don't give a shit. Like it, <laughs> they're mine, bro. I I, my, I have a buddy of mine, and he. He's a local uh, Oxnard PD here, and he's like, "If you tie your, if you tie your ones all the way up, like that's not how you wear them." I'm like, "Bro, like, yeah. I, that, is there a way like you tie them and shit? Like, it's it's, it's the most dumbass thing to say." <laughs> <Yeah. Basically>. <laughs> <laughs> um. So when you when you started DJing, did you think, "All right, I'm eventually going to get into the radio business," or did were you like, "I want to get on on tour with somebody"? Or never you want- thought of none of that stuff. Never just I just liked I just did it because of the music. Did did you think this was going to be a career or was or what was your like I guess path into like what was like in your mindset what was your path like like career wise were you thinking like I'm going to go work at this place or was it solely just focus on music and see what happens? Well, I was just it was just DJing and going you know going with your friends and and you know doing weddings, quinceañeras, backyard parties was it like a big thing because nice. you know uh, back then it's like. It wasn't like all the flyers that you see now. Someone used to draw the flyer. You used to go to like somewhere that made copies. Yeah. And then pass them out. Uh, but it, it was just a trip that, you know, you always looked at who was DJing to see if you were going to go to the backyard party. And, and that was like a big thing back then. And during like the 90s, that's when that when I when I started DJing more house music. And that's that's how I that's kind of how I got into radio because I used to DJ house music. Uh, you know, a lot of the DJs that were at Q105 back then, okay. before it turned into Q1047, uh, they were all like hip hop DJs or top 40 DJs. But uh, <clears throat> I I just focused on dance music during that time and, and they wanted a, a dance DJ. And that's kind of how I got my slot. Did you have a rival growing up? Like when people were like, all right, Mambo's here, you got to bring no, DJ no. so-and-so. Or were you, were you like, I always, you know what? I always kind of like, like, didn't care what people said mm-hmm. since since like uh since like a young age so i it, i really didn't try to get into a, a lot of that stuff because yeah. now i see a lot of a lot of people will say shit about a certain person and then next thing you know you run into them and they're together having lunch and i was like 
<laughs> Wait a minute. Weren't you just beefing? Yeah. So, so to me, it's, you know, to me, it's just funny. Like I never, I never really tried to get into yeah. none of that shit. And then I had heard something about when you first got into the radio business, you kind of became an intern, but without having like the intern resume, right? You like, I guess you had to be in, in school. So when I when I first got into radio, uh, it was DJing. Yeah, they it was uh, there was a show called the Saturday Night Mix Show, and okay. it had been around from uh, Q one hundred five to Q one hundred four seven, and that's how I was on every Saturday for one hour from uh, midnight to one. And during that time, it, it's like you you kind of gave up everything because if you were if you had a house party or or a wedding, it's like. I, I had already committed to being on the radio. So I kind of just focused on doing that one hour every weekend. Yeah. But during that time on Fridays, we were doing a, a club. Well, it wasn't even a club. It was uh, Acapulco's on right there by the, uh, on, on Victoria. Yeah. And it would turn into a nightclub on the weekend sometimes. And, and uh, some of my friends were like the promoters of it. And that's kind of how I got into, into radio from, from DJing there. Uh, one of my other friends, the guy who actually got me into a, uh, uh, the radio station. His name's Armani. He's the one who who introduced me to everyone at the station, Dang. and that's where I met Rico. And when you when you got that opportunity, again, what what was your what was your mindset there? It was just like, oh, I'm just going to do this just to make some money, or you're like, all right, I think this is an opportunity for me to make music a, a no. I I just I mean it. I really didn't look at it as a career until like you know almost like the late '90s. And how long were you in there? Because what, what what year did you get in there? Uh, ninety six, like okay. early ninety six, and then like you know like by like September of uh, ninety six is is when you know I started interning for Rico, and that's when gotcha. when you know I used to just answer the phones and write down shout outs for him, and then one oh, day so you weren't actually playing music or spinning or anything. No, no, no. I oh. was just kind of uh, you know his little bitch, like <laughs> <laughs> like getting getting you know. Yeah. Like, hey, go get this record. They want to hear this or whatever. And that's what I, what I was doing. And uh, when I was answering the, the calls and getting the shout outs, uh, one day he says, hey, why don't you read some of them? And he kind of put me on the spot. And we were kind of joking around and, and the program director heard it at the time. And he's all like, hey, man, like you should be on. You, you should read some more shout outs with him. And he kind of included it, uh, me more on, on, on the show. And we kind of started creating features and doing all this stuff. So, and that was the night show. That was the night show. And that was, and that was what is now 95.9. Back then it was 104.7. Q, yeah, Q1047. But it, we were on from seven to midnight, I think. Well, we were on from seven to 10. And then from, from 10 to 12, he used to do like a love dedication show. <laughs> so okay. I kind of like. Oh, like Art LeBeau? Kind of, kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. So I would just, I would write down the shout outs for him, like the dedications. Was it still when like, People would write to like their people who they're married in prison. Yeah, all that <laughs> shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. It was a, the the prison communication or the the, the county jail communication. Uh, how, I've always wanted to ask how does that how does that even work? Who who comes up with that idea? Like, and how do you know that like the 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 people in jail are listening? Well, I I I mean I I know for a fact they were listening. Like, I mean, it wasn't like like prisons, but it was just like the county jails yeah. and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, Art LeBeau is a perfect example of it. You know, he gets letters from from prisoners oh, yeah. and all that stuff. Like, 
we we got to tour like his old offices before i think he's like in palm springs now but before he he shut his studio down in in uh in hollywood he he kind of gave rico and i a tour and and we got to interview him nice and uh it was it was a trip to see like like history like radio history i'm sure yeah and we were talking to his assistant and you know just the love he gets from 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 you know the the cholos (laughs) cholos, and everyone that's locked up and stuff like that yeah that's amazing so you guys would have celebrated 25 years this year, Rico and Mambo. Yeah, we it, it was in the works. And it was all, in and the works. Yeah. And so, you guys started as a as a as a night show, and then when did you guys transition to the morning show? Because that's where my family and myself that's what, what what we got into when we were growing up was the morning show with you guys. So, it was like early 2000s when we when we started doing the morning show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, you know. We did the night show for maybe a year and a half, and then uh, Rico ended up quitting. Uh, you know, he got married, and mm-hmm. you know, I think I think his his first wife made him quit. Dang. <laughs> and then uh, I stayed with the station, and then I I ended up getting fired, and then I ended up uh, going no going to another job uh, in Fresno, and then I I ended up coming back like in the early two thousands. Were they they were reaching out for you guys to come back, or was it kind of like you guys just both? kind of came at the same time again no it, it was weird because rico had quit and i think he he got divorced and then he got back into radio after after the divorce <laughs> but we didn't work together he was doing mornings with someone else and mm-hmm. i was i was uh doing uh i want to say i was doing nights during that time mm-hmm. and uh and then uh i ended up getting fired and leaving to fresno and then when when uh when i came back he was in vegas and then uh, there was changes at the company, and then uh, we kind of became in charge. And that's where we say, like, yo, like, why don't we bring Rico back, and then we'll start doing the morning show. And that's kind of how we ended up doing mornings. Damn. And when did you when did you realize that the morning show became like a like a staple here in the county? Like, when did you like did you ever have that aha moment? Like, holy shit! Like, we really made this. Like like a go to station, a go to time to for the listeners to be on. Well, well, if if we go back to to like when I got fired, like I wasn't taking like radio serious. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize like yo, this could be a career until I think like after I came back is when I said like yo, like this shit could you know raise my family. It could yeah. it could buy a home. It could buy a car, and that's when I realized that you know I started taking it a little more serious. And I started getting more into like the like management positions uh, there at work and trying to like be take take a lot of the stuff a little more serious yeah. instead of joking all the time. And then uh, eventually when you start getting endorsements is when you're like, oh, shit, like, do you remember your first endorsement? Ah, man, I I I want to say the first time was it, and it wasn't even an endorsement. It's like when they when they would go through the radio station to get you at an at a at a nightclub. OK. You know, the pay was a little different compared to you going and negotiating with the club. It's like they would include it and you're like, oh, shit, I could make this much. And, and you know, once you start including other things, it's like you you include nightclubs, you include, uh, uh, let's say, a restaurant, let's say a car dealership, you know, all that shit adds up. Yeah. And, you know, that's when I say, like, OK, like if they're asking for me, it's for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. What's the wildest endorsement that somebody's like has offered and maybe you've taken it maybe you haven't 
Uh, well, when it comes to endorsements, I, I always like to make it clear to, to, you know, the audience that, you know, and I, and, and I, I'm pretty sure a lot of the audience knows like when we're, when we're going hard on, on a certain mate, uh, car dealership or Mm -hmm. something, it's because, you know, we, we have an endorsement with them, but I think, uh, I remember the first time they said like, yo, like, you know, pick a car and from where, from, from the the dealership the dealership and then that kind of that kind of uh that was the endorsement but did you, part re- of you remember what car you picked it was a forerunner damn yeah and what and what the endorsement was like just drive it for the year and what we comp everything uh it was well i was i was paying for it mm-hmm. but part of the deal was was all i mean it was all involved like yeah. like because there's a lot of rules when it comes to like radio like you can't you know uh, you can't just take something and 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 you know in exchange you know give them love sure like there has there's all these contracts and everything that's involved with it where where uh it's it's it i mean the way athletes do it they can't just yeah you're right go on the field wearing a a thing because they're getting paid for it yeah it it, it has to get approved so uh most of these dealerships are already dealing with with the company mm-hmm. so it's just like you know like i like what they're doing let me uh let me uh, get them on my team and uh during that time the way that I, that what what i heard the way they wanted us exclusively was a lot of the the people that used to go take their their cars to go get fixed at the dealership or get an oil change or whatever uh when they drove them to wherever they were going to get service they they I don't know if they still do it, but they would give you like a like a paper like, hey, what stations do you listen to? Or Okay. And that's how they get the information. And I guess we were coming up on top all the time and like how'd you hear for how'd you hear about us? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they do their own research and that's how they say, like, all right, I want to fuck with them because they're, you know, obviously a voice in the community. Exactly. So that's that was like the the eye opener for me where I said, like, oh shit, like we could get paid. Not only do we get paid for working here, but we could get, you know, endorsements. endorsements. Yeah. yeah. In the in the 25 years that you guys were having that morning show, I'm assuming like every every day, Monday through Friday. Yeah. Sounds like you probably spend more time with him than your wife. Yeah. Those 25 years. Yeah, we we, we talked about that. Like, Ooh. you know, uh, Rico and I, when we, uh, you know, because there's times where you don't want to be there. You know what I mean? And oh, you, sure. you always got to turn it on. Not, I, I think it's harder when you're doing something like where people could see you mm-hmm. versus, you know, when you're on the air, it's like you turn it on for like a minute or two and then you're back to like dealing with whatever bullshit you're dealing with. Were you guys ever dealing with each other? Cause I'm assuming like you could probably fake it for the first couple of minutes and then once you're off the air, you can go back to like being mad at each other or. <laughs> you know what? I think, I think we probably had like two moments like that in our whole like career. Wow. Like, like serious arguments. I remember hearing. I was super young and I was like, I don't know if they're really, if I don't know if they're really doing this for real or if it's, if it's a hoax, but I remember you guys were like arguing and he, I remember hearing he like threw his, his headphones off and just like walked off. I just, I you like, know what I know? I think I know what moment you're talking about because I remember like that was one of the moments where I think even his family, his brothers called them and said like, yo, you guys good? Because, <laughs> you know, of course when you hear something happen, you know, whoever has your back is going to be calling you like, sure. yo, what's going on? Are you good? So, so that, that's, that was kind of one of those moments and I know what moment you were talking about, Damn. but there's, there, there was probably like two moments like that where, you know, we were mad at each other and 
Because you, you were because you would clown him. Yeah, yeah. you would clown him. <laughs> you know what? You were such a bully. <laughs> I wouldn't say bully, bro. It was yo. You would make it I was would, good entertainment. It was good entertainment. <laughs> you would, I remember you you make fun of like because uh, he's a Cowboys fan, right? Yeah. So you make fun of that, and then I think also you're always uh, he'd always wear a hat. You you never saw him without his hat yeah. on or something like that. Yeah. And then his big ass truck. His big ass truck, bro. Always taking up two parking spots. Yeah. <laughs> after after 25 years, though, I'm not surprised that. Actually, I am surprised that you guys only had two fights because it's only been like, what, six months doing this and I'm already annoyed at Pep. So. <laughs> Fuck you. Hater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, shit. No, but for real, after 25 years, you've done like a ton of interviews, right? You've met so many different people. Is there one specific one that you can that you can remember the most that was like the most exciting for you or the dopest one, the weirdest one. Uh, there's, there's been a lot of them, but some of the ones that stand out are with, uh, the comedians, comedian oh. interviews are always like fun. Uh, you know, after doing this for so long, you, you build relationships with some of the, uh, some of the comedians or, or even the guests, but, uh, Felipe Esparza, uh, you know, he's funny dude. Uh, we've known him for a long time, probably since we started, uh radio like yeah, he wow. was kind of like i remember him coming out here and doing like little halls and stuff and uh it it was it's always funny to to you know have an ongoing joke because uh sometimes he would send us video when he was at a different station saying like oh these fools have a symbol you guys only have your cowboy you guys need to step it up <laughs> and i remember one time uh the the next time we had him there we got like a whole drum set for him because he yeah. was trying to clown us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was playing the drums and, and singing and we, we have it all. It's on YouTube somewhere, but it, it, that was a funny moment because, you know, he wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And then another time like him and uh, baby bash, uh, they're like good friends. And, uh, we surprised, we were interviewing Felipe, but we didn't tell him that we had baby bash coming on over. And we, we ended up, you know, like, surprising him on the air and he's like oh damn <laughs> and then they ended up like disappearing for a while like you know they had a little smoke break yeah 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 <laughs> but uh we we ended up hooking him up with like like you know like a like a gift bag but it was like a oh. sack of <laughs> of what they do so uh, yeah yeah <laughs> so it's just like little moments like that like like felipe has always been like a fun one to to have on the show what about um music like musicians oh man um I think one of the I, I've shared this story a lot of times, but uh, uh, Rick Ross one time uh, we had him we had him in studio. This we were at uh, not not at Q. We were at the Vibe. Uh, this is another station we were at, but uh, it was funny because what, I was. What year was this? I want to say it was two thousand eight, two thousand seven, maybe. Okay. And uh, we had him on the show, and he, you know, that's he was. He was hot during yeah. that time. Well, he still has a lot of shit out. But during that time, like, you know, a lot of people were talking about him. And I remember, like, I was trying to say, like, like, you know, you're you're very underrated right now with a lot of people. But I I chose the word overrated. <laughs> and he, like, looked at me. And I was like, oh, this was going to sock me. <laughs> I don't know if you ever met Chucho. Uh, Chucho's another big dude. Nah. But it, it's there's a picture and then there's like video where where you could tell like Chucho's like like getting up like oh like it's about to go down yeah so then we took a break and the label I think he was with Def Jam at the time yeah. and uh, 
you know, I went in my office and, and I told him like, yo, like that was a mistake, bro. I wasn't trying to do no morning show. Cause you know, morning shows are known to do like, like stupid pranks and shit like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what he thought I was doing. And, uh, did the mood completely change? Oh yeah. <laughs> but then like everything kind of changed and there's even a picture out there with me and him. Um, and I look scared, bro. Like, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, but that was one of those moments where it was just like, ah, oh, shit. What do you, uh, what do you think about now going from you, you, you know, you started as a intern, then you, then you did twenty five years with with Rico. Now you're with a whole nother crew, uh, Mambo and the eight hundred five locals, right? Mambo in the morning and the eight hundred five locals. Yeah. How's that transition been? Uh, it's it's work. I mean. Even when we started uh, the Rico and Mambo Morning Show, that was work. I mean, it took a while to put the show together. Yeah. So I understand what the process is. I mean, it's a little different now because, you know, before it was just me and Rico dealing with, with each other, knowing what where we need, wanted to take something. And after work, we spent so much time together that we just kind of, we, we already had the chemistry, but, you know, being around each other so much, we kind of knew where to take something, whether it was a joke, whether it was playing a prank on somebody or whether it was coming up with a bit. Uh, with them, I just deal with them the four hours that we're there. Yeah. And if and if we have to deal or do something, it's through a group text. So it's it's a little different the way I deal with each other. But, you know, it's just it's just kind of hard, a little bit harder now because we're not around each other as much as, you know, the way I was with Rico. Gotcha. And. I forgot to even bring it up too. Was when you and when when you and Rico were were together. How long was it until you guys were? Was it you guys were given a uh, a day? Don't you guys have like a a a, a day that celebrates Rico and Mambo Day? Yeah, Montero? yeah, it's September. So it's kind of around the same time that that you know we started doing the show mm -hmm. in '96. But I think I think it's, I want to say it's like September 28th or 29th. When did you guys? How were you guys notified about that? And then, like, how many years into the show did they give it to you? 20 years into the show. We had a 20-year uh, show at <clears throat> at Copper Blues. And it was pretty dope because, uh, every you know, everyone who worked at the station kind of had a, a lot of uh, in, involvement on, on inviting people. We invited a lot of our listeners. Oh, so you guys knew what was going down? That was a surprise, a day. And you know who was going to be there? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was. It was. It was a. I mean, we we knew comedians were going to be there because we kind of you know let Copper Blues is involved with Levity Levity Live. Yeah. So we kind of knew that you know there's going to be a bunch of comedians there, which is cool because we kept interviewing them. But then you had a couple of like you know artists, music artists show up, uh, old friends, old listeners, and it was it was just a, a trip. Um, I don't know if you remember. Uh, 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 he passed away. Uh, Ma uh, Mayor Lopez from from Oxnard. Yeah, he's the one. Well, his family, his daughter uh, Tiffany, she's the one who kind of presented us because we had him on the show, and it was it was just like a, I don't know, it was just like a dope moment because sure. at first it's like they give you that, and you're like, they're naming giving you a day. Like it's, it was a trip, dude. <laughs> so so what what does that mean? That you guys get a day off? You guys get extra? Pay, you guys got paid extra that day? It's just another day, bro. That's that's Rico and Mambo day. <laughs> <laughs> man um what what happened during covid during the radio were you guys still how because that's a big question that 
you know, we like to ask, especially, you know, now trans slowly transitioning out of COVID. But during that year of COVID, how was the radio station there? Uh, <coughs> there was a lot of change just because, uh, you know, we, we, we joke around a lot. Our show is not nothing serious. Yeah. But when all this happened, it's, it was like you almost had to turn into kind of like the 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 9/11 thing that mm-hmm. I told you about earlier. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So so you, we had to be serious and we had to figure out how to flip it to a way where it could still be us and and show you know the the like these guys have a heart still because you know we we've always been all about helping out the community. We've never been about like, you know, taking credit for stuff, but I knew at that time a lot of a lot of small businesses were going to go through it. A lot of families were going to go through it. I mean, you you even teamed up with us mm-hmm. for uh, some stuff that we did, but we were trying to figure out, I guess, how how not to make such a big thing about prizes because that's a, always a big thing. Like we didn't want to be that station that says like, "Oh, we got your Disneyland tickets," and yeah. the world is going through you know through a crisis. You, know, you can't go to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so we kind of had to flip it to where we, you know, I think we we ended up uh, we talked to our boss about like, "Yo, like, can you give us a green light at at dealing with these small businesses because." Before it was the salespeople that kind of dealt with them and they would say like, yo, this business, you know, they want to do an interview with you guys. But during that time, it's like we kind of build a relationship with a lot of the local businesses and we were just trying to put the word out like, yo, they're still open for business. And, and, you know, they would give us some gift cards to give to the audience because a lot of people were losing their jobs. So, you know, us promoting the restaurant, they're give, they're giving us business cards to giving them to people who really need it. It it kind of helped the everyone out. Damn. And you, I mean, you were there. Like you even said, like, yo, like, how can I help? Yeah. And it was one of those moments where, like, why why don't we get the pet project together and Rico and Mambo and Q ninety five nine and do and do this? And it, it was it was a great thing. It you was, know. Yeah, I remember. I remember it was. Um I remember watching watching something and it, or maybe even listening to you guys and I remember I was like man I the city needs to step up. Yeah. That that was the biggest thing and so I was like I'll do my part and then you know the domino effect kind of just happened, you know, and, and luckily because you know I think everyone just relies on you guys that they were like all right, if Rico Mambo's fucking with these guys or if they're 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 trying to help out people like more people just decided to like just join in, you know, join in for And the that's cause. that's what it was too like I remember uh, uh, <laughs> you said we were going to do it for like a month or something. Yeah. But we ended up extending it for like two or three months because, you know, by the time, you know, what you were willing to donate, like there was already a line of people who's, yeah. who who were willing to participate and saying like, yo, like my restaurant's willing to do this. And some of the restaurants weren't even expecting anything in return or anything. But, you know, we try to show everyone as much love as we could because, you know, word of mouth marketing, I I, I think it's the best. And, oh, and you know, I I'm I'm all I've always been a strong supporter of local businesses and and I think this was a perfect opportunity to build relationships with a lot of these uh restaurants yeah. and, and businesses that I've never talked to before. Damn. Yeah, that year was that year was beyond beyond crazy. And and do you think it's gotten back to normal now somewhat? Uh nah, you know, I think I think people are trying to, but I still see like a lot of, a lot of stuff doesn't function the same as, yeah. as it did mm-hmm. before. 
I mean, even I think I, I I'm an older cat already, so I, I I try to be careful. But I do see like you know when you're young, like you're just careless and you don't. Of course, you know sometimes like I'll be somewhere and I was like, man, it's fucking packed in there. Nobody's wearing a mask. I feel like the old guy. Yeah, but you know then you know if I'm drunk and having some drinks, I don't give a <laughs> shit. I'm part of that crew. But but it's it's just like. I'm hoping things get to normal, but sure. it just seems like every, you know, the more time that goes on, the more shit that comes up. Yeah. And then there's like another virus or yeah. some weird shit. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest questions I wanted to ask you, and I know this will be, especially if, if, if you're listening from, from here, from the County is the dilemma of the day <laughs> oh, that, that we were just that talking. Amazing. Yeah. We were just talking about it earlier. How did that start? And if you can explain it to the listeners, exactly what it is. So dilemma of the day is, is basically like you send your problem in and we'll put it out there and everyone gives their opinion on it. It's like a combination of the, I don't know what they call it on the newspaper back then. I think it was like ask Annie or ask something. Okay. And then it's a combination of that and, uh, Maury and <laughs> all those TV yeah, shows yeah. kind of put together in one. And that's what it was. It was just like uh, someone has sent us their problem and we read it. And I realized that that kind of like lit up the phones a lot. And that's that's uh, that was one of the things we always, Rico and I would always say like, yo, how can we get the phones going? Because once you got the phones going, like, you know, they'd be nonstop. Dilemma of the day, we it wasn't even nothing when we first read that one. And, and I just seen the phones like, you know, from beginning to end, like, like, light up yeah then i realized that people were calling like days later wanting to talk about you know the, the past dilemma the, the well it wasn't even a dilemma like they said like yo that letter you guys read like you know then then they would give their opinion on it oh during that time we were trying to figure out like our show like you know what features are we going to have what contests and we ended up coming coming up uh i i believe mary j blige had a had a song called dilemma yeah and that's kind of like yo why don't we do dilemma of the day and it kind of just we used to use that the instrumental to that <laughs> and like, and it was it was funny because it we thought that nobody was going to send in their problem man we had so we still have shit that comes in like every day well because also too back in back in when you guys first started i'm assuming it was just facts People would just send out just or well, was there was there was or email email. There was email already, but there was also like facts. Like people would call us and want to share with yeah. us, but it was easier that we had to we had to create a system to where like you know like write it out. We'll read it. Uh, we'll take callers and we'll take you know and have it, like, have it like an anonymous name because the, the the anonymous names are yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It it's gotten to a point to where they already know that we're not going to share their personal information. And they come up with their own names. Do you, off the top of your head, can you think of like one that just stands out? Oh, man. There's so many that have happened recently. Rico was very, uh, I don't I don't know if reserved, but like he he didn't want to put a lot of the crazy ones out Bro, there. But there's some raunchy ass ones. Since, <laughs> there's some crazy ones. Since he's left, they've been like crazier just because they've been there. And I, I'm like, eh, it's someone's problem. Let's put it out there. <laughs> but I think, I think one of the ones... Uh, crazier ones it just it just happened recently i'll tell you the one before then i'll tell you the one that topped it off for okay. me so the one before was uh uh 
engaged couple went to go visit their parents in or her parents in um, San Diego. Okay. Uh, they were out there partying. Uh, everyone passed out except for the fiance and the mother-in-law. They ended up hooking up. And every time he would go visit, he would smash the mom. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the wedding date was coming. So he was saying, like, yo, how do I stop this? I'm about to marry her and we're, I'm still smashing the mom. So to me, that was crazy. Like, what the fuck? And then there was another one. that. On, what, what, what was some responses to that shit? Oh, bro, come on. It's, that's sick. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, was anybody was anybody like. Keep doing your thing or like your well, the guy, I mean, you already know, bro. When when situations like that happen, the guys are gonna say, like, oh, what a player, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but then the girls are like, Oh, that sick yeah. bastard, blah, blah, blah. But you know, you get that with any dilemma. Yeah. And and one of the other ones that stood out a lot was um it was a it was a a, a brother and sister. They went out, you know, they, they each went out. And then they came back. Okay. They came back home and they were talking. They were both drunk and they hooked up with each other. Brother and sister. Brother and sister. Then, uh, you know, people were going in on them. Then the girl tried to justify it and say, well, it's, uh, we're, we're actually stepbrother and sister and or, like trying to m- make it right. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's still kind of sick. You know, like, <laughs> like <Yeah>. what, what? <laughs> How is being a stepbrother and sister? You guys grew up together and, and you know, you're, you guys are messing around. Yeah. So those are two of the ones from, you know, back when Rico and I were doing it. But the most recent one was, uh, it was a, a guy who, who was, who started going to, to therapy and he realized that, you know, some of the shit and problems that he was having was because when he was 18, his mom went through a bad breakup. And he was trying to be there from for his mom. And according to the dilemma, one thing led to another. He ended up sleeping with his mom. Damn. And it never got brought up again. And he said that, you know, the therapist told him, like, yo, you need to you need to approach her. Like she pretty much took advantage of you yeah. as as a kid. And he kind of said, like, why bring it up? Like we're good, we're in a good place now. But to me, it's like who fucking does that? You yeah, know what I mean? Man, that's nuts. Yeah. So what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, there's some oh, sick Jesus shit out Christ, there, bro. Yeah. 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 I need to be posting all the crazy yeah. ones. And I, I, I think a lot of the ones that trip me out is, is, uh, and there's a lot of them, bro. Uh, the cousin hookups. Jeez. Like, there's a lot of like people that hook up with their cousins. Like, there's a lot of those dilemmas that we get. But I try not to pick like similar ones. Yeah. But there's a lot of them, like, you know, cousin hookups. Sweet yeah. home, Alabama. <laughs> um, do you still DJ outside of? Okay, because because you go by DJ Mambo. Yeah, but do you still DJ outside of the radio station? No, nah, I stopped that. Like when everything everything transitioned from uh, vinyl to digital, I kind of just that's when I threw in the towel. So before you threw in the towel, what was like your what was your go to like top? vinyls like your top like your top top albums that you would play oh man it, dj quick was always like one of my go-tos yeah. yeah yeah whether it was like a uh tonight or I, well i will say any 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 west coast stuff yeah like dog pound anything on death row uh dj quick that was like my go-tos but 
like I said uh, earlier, like you know, I've always liked dance music. So any any remix or 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 dance stuff, like I was always a fan of. I'm gonna put you in a in a in a pressure situation. Who had a hard, who had a harder road? The DJs who used to be on vinyl, or the DJs now who have the 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 laptops. Oh man, I. Well, I've never did the laptop thing, so I can't I can't speak for them. But I mean, I I'll say, I'm, of course, because of what I did, I'm gonna say the vinyl DJ because we had to carry our shit. Your crates, the crates. Uh, I mean, I I'm pretty sure it still worked, but I I just feel like there's a lot more competition now. Like before it, you know. If you were a DJ, it's kind of you did it for a hobby and you did it as a weekend thing. Now, like, there's careers out of all this. Like, I never thought that I was going to, you know, make a career out of DJing. I mean, it turned into something else, but I never, you know, I never got into it saying, like, oh, I want to do this for a living. Mm -hmm. You got into it pretty early. Was there something else you wanted to do before getting into music? No, actually, like, uh, like, I'm glad it happened this way because I don't even know what i would be doing mm. like it's, it's just one of those things where uh you know i know a lot of people say oh music saved me but you know djing did kind of save like you know what the the path i was taking when i was uh, a teenager was that like the wrong path at oh the yeah time? yeah yeah gotcha i mean my teens year, my my teen years were were in and out of juvenile hall oh yeah did not know that now you know. Now I know. Like, I don't know what to respond to that. You see how he reacted? He started looking at he's me like, different. Oh, fuck. Like, fuck. He's in my Jesus, house. He's going to check my pockets before I leave. <laughs> you, uh, in, the, in the 25 years or the 25 plus years that you've been doing radio, what's, in your opinion, what's been the biggest, the biggest like transition, the biggest change? Um, I just think like, like a lot of the shit that we used to do before, uh, we we couldn't do it now. Like, there's mm-hmm. no way. Uh, oh, you talking about like cancel culture? Yeah. Like you, we'd we'd be fired for a lot of shit. Yeah. And it's it just sucks because, I mean, I I feel like comedians go through it a lot more than than you know what radio DJs. I mean, radio radio DJs. A lot of companies they 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 don't give the freedom they used to 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 the radio jocks like yeah. before. But uh, I feel like comedians, you know, if they're if they're going up there, I mean, I get it. If you're up there just going and being racist and being a dick about it, like, you know, like, of course, like, don't let them perform no more. But I mean, you got a lot of very creative people that that do a great show and put a lot of thought into writing a joke. And then you get one motherfucker on Twitter with with (laughs) with backup and they try to get them fired. I think I think we're all thinking the same thing about like the Dave Chappelle thing. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about. I, I was thinking more of the Kevin Hart stuff that happened with him. You oh know? yeah. And, and but then you you bringing up that too. It's just like, like that shit really affects could affect somebody. Yeah. It, I mean, I I've always here's one thing that I, that that I hate, bro. I I I hate false accusations on things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes like like when people hear part of something and they try to make it into a big deal and they don't do their homework, it's like. Especially if it's if it's like if it's edited, yeah. And you you mm. could fuck up someone's career, you could fuck up someone's dream, yeah. Uh, and and it's all over because you didn't like something or you didn't like the way they said it or you thought it was about you or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's 
that's a, I mean, I, I'm very, I try to keep it as safe as possible nowadays because a lot of the, a lot of the stuff we used to do back then, it's like, we never really try to, the only thing we filtered out was the bad words. Oh, so, so you guys used to cuss back in the day? No, or? no, no. We used to replace whatever bad words with something we could say on the air. Okay. So that was, that's, that, that's as, as careful as we were. Don't say a bad word. Yeah. Now it's, it's a little different. It's like, is someone going to get offended because you say this? Jeez. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy to me because, uh, if I say something, but someone else says it, they might, they might go after them because they didn't like, you know, what race that person was or what, what, uh, or how they said it. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's just crazy because we all could say the same shit, but you know, just because he said it and he's not this, we need to cancel him. Like I've never been a fan of, of shit like that. So do you feel that your, um, what's the word? Like you haven't, you had more fun back, back, back in the day rather than it is now because of like the cancel culture. Like you almost have to, you almost have to. Uh, well, I, I I still have fun. I just don't, you know. I I guess it's more watered down now. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all it is. I mean, I still have fun. I still love doing what what I do. Um, I know a lot of people my age always always talk shit about like, oh, how can you listen to that music? Uh, this, this. Like I I've been hearing that shit for years, and you know when they're telling me, it's like sometimes like my friends that are telling me that I was like, bro, like. You've listened to Atomic Dog like 3,000 times, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, you're, and you're asking me why I get tired. I mean, at least the music changes. I'm. It's not for everyone, but I get the audience I'm catering to. How do you keep your... I might, I might, I might answer my own question, but how do you keep your ears to the streets when it, when, it, when it comes to like the new music or the new trends? I know that you have a younger... Um, are they considered like co-hosts? Right. Like, do you, like, yeah. Uh, dealing with them. And I, I think, um, when I knew that I was past, you know, the lifestyle of the, of the age demo that I'm catering to, mm -hmm. I would, I would use my kids. Like, what are they doing? Oh, so they kind of like, you know, I would see what they were doing and kind of filter what they were doing through the way I look at it. Gotcha. And I don't think a lot of people like like they think just because you turn a certain age, you know, like oh, you shouldn't be doing that no more. Like, like, you know what I mean? They use the age thing for always sure, for sure. And yeah. and to me, it's like it's not even about that. Like, you know, there could be someone who's I don't know. Insert any job here. I mean, a younger guy might be doing it better than the older guy, or the older guy might be doing it. It's just the way you do your job and the way yeah, you research it. It's not even about you know if you listen to that music or if you really uh, fuck with, with, with the certain, like, you know, I don't go to clubs no more. Yeah. And I know that my audience loves to go to clubs and that's why we have little wicked. That's why we have uh honey mm -hmm. whiskey. They, they all do clubs like, you know, Oh, you want to do the clubs? Like go, go check them yeah. out. So when, when did you end up becoming uh is a program director? Uh so so right now it's 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 programming and music. Mm -hmm. Um I was an assistant like in oh oh two, oh three, and then it kind of you know uh in oh five 
we left and we started the vibe and that's when I became a program director. Gotcha. And what is, what does that entitle? You kind of have control. Well, not control over everything because you know, uh, when we left, it was more corporate. So I had to deal with, with, you know, people in, I think it was Atlanta during that time where, you know, you have like music meetings with them Mm -hmm. and just arguments about what you should play or should not play. Because, you know, sometimes like, if you notice a lot of the stations, if you look at their top 10 records, almost every top 40 hip hop station, R&B station or whatever, they're, a lot of the records are very similar and it's, it's just popular music. Yeah. And that's why, like, I don't understand, like, sometimes, like, people will say, like, why do you guys play the same shit? Because that's what that's the what popular, I, yeah. that's what people want to hear. Do, do you, uh, who do you, when you were, when you were coming up in, like, in the Rigo Mambo, and then, you know, you ended up becoming, like, the face of the radio station, did you ever have somebody that you used to mimic or mentor or whether you known him or didn't know him? Like, like, you know, I want to be, like, big boy or like Seacrest or I want to have like the audience, like, you know, uh, flex, you know, was there somebody that you had in mind? Like you wanted, or you still have in mind? Uh, no, I think, I think I learned at a young age or I I shouldn't even say young age, but early in my career, um, we, we kind of invested in, in, in having like a, a, a talent coach of, of, of what, what, uh, how to, how to do us and do, you know, become successful at what we're doing. Uh, you know why? I mean, I did look up to the Baker boys a lot, big boy, yeah. a lot of the alley radio talent. And I think one of the things I learned is like, don't try to be like someone else. Just be yourself. Like nobody, nobody's done that before. Like it's you who you're doing. I think that's like, that's easier said than done. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of people like they'll 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 say certain things like, Oh, you guys need to be more like this or more like that. And in this business is like, yo, there's already that. So why why would we want to do that? But I think like a lot of uh little influences here and there, like you'll you'll hear it, you know, whether it's 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 like slang words that we use or whatever, and and, and you know, that shit changes like Oh yeah. Every yeah, (laughs) weekly now, yeah. yeah. But but that was like one of the things like that I got early in the career of about not not trying to be like someone else in this business. Who is Mambo when he's not at the radio station? Now? Now. Well, how about this? Um when 20 years ago and then now. Yeah. So who was you 20 years ago and, how, and you now? Uh, well, again, going back to early in the career, I understood that what we were trying to build was a brand. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew the Q brand was something. And I knew the Rico and Mabel brand was going to be something else. My goal was to get this brand bigger than this brand. Mm-hmm. Because once you did that kind of what I thought was going to happen happened. Another station came in and and tried to get us. So I'm assuming when you, when when you thought that and you were making your moves, you were like planting your seed, were people getting upset or were, or were you kind of just saying fuck it, I'm going to I'm going to build this brand and kind of like at the end of the day it's going to be it's going to be a bid who's going to who's going to bid the highest bid. Well, I I I talked to I always try to pick the brain of people that I respected in 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 radio. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were like, you know, 
older program directors at the time and, you know, just trying to, to get their thought process on things. And I would ask questions and, and it might've been dumb questions to them, but I would ask questions like, yo, how come you only have this person at this time? And, and, you know, just asking like, like stupid radio questions. And, uh, they would say, well, I have him because he's bigger than our brand. And that's where I started understanding about, you know, always branding yourself yeah. like me being here it's 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 uh i mean we're homies yeah of course and this is this is something good and i always i always think like this shit is gonna be something that one day my grandkids are gonna search on the internet and say yo that's how my grandpa was or, or yeah you know what i mean so so i always look at shit at as like how is this gonna be used in the future gotcha and now a lot of this shit is like, you know, monetizing everything. Like exactly, every, yeah. everything's monetizing Instagram, Facebook, yeah, YouTube, and, yeah. yeah. And you know, here we are. We're trying to monetize this. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Hey, we we just we just we just hit our we just hit our five hundred uh our five hundred subscriber mark on YouTube. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, Let me see. Let's go. But so that was back in that was that was early in your career. But what about now? Now, uh, <clears throat> right now, like like I've been so scattered brained with, uh, you know, with Rico leaving earlier yeah. this year. Uh, I've had my hands on a lot of little things, little projects here and there. Uh, every you know, a lot of people wait, wait to till New Year's to to start doing their shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of similar. I wait for my birthday and then I start. When's your birthday? <laughs> it just passed, December fifth. You, uh -uh. You're right, and I wish you happy birthday. I'm an asshole. We went to eat. We went to eat. Yeah, but I I I've told myself like my focus right now is going to be uh, the radio station, mm -hmm. uh, the Persistence Culture podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, making sure that I start uh, working on on my 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 own brand because, you know, the Rico and Mambo brand has has been me and Rico for twenty five years. So now I got to rebuild the Mambo in the Morning brand, and that's yeah. that's gonna be my other focus. And that's that's the only three I'm gonna be working on. Everything else is just gonna shut it down, be on hold until I figure all this part out, and or, you know. It just let it go away. For sure. Yeah. What are some hobbies that you have outside of the radio station? Which I know it's very, you have very few hours because I know you work your ass off and you're always there. But what are some hobbies that people don't know about you? I like to collect shoes. And yes. I do that. <laughs> I do that while I work. <laughs> uh, but uh, before it used to be a problem. Because wifey used to get mad. Yeah. But now everyone's everyone's a sneakerhead at my house now. So wifey buys shoes too. <laughs> my daughters buy shoes. So it's kind of it that's that's one of the things that, you know, I guess everyone's into. What's your uh what's your most prized uh sneaker that you have? Oh man. Some Jordans from the eighties, bro. And I almost I almost sold them. And uh, I was checking on StockX, and they're, like, close to, like, 50 Gs. Gs. Yeah. Sounds like a down payment for a house. Pretty much. <laughs> or out of debt. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, but sneakers is one of them. Uh, I also like to gamble on 
online or do you like to go to or have you gone to a casino since uh after after corona we've been to shumash okay yeah but uh what do you prefer like like online or do you prefer going to casinos do you prefer uh, sports gambling do you prefer dices? I, I, I mean during football i like to do the group thing with people on, oh, yeah, on yeah. FanDuel, and, and then uh i like going to the casino playing cards or playing roulette and then uh i uh i found this website online i don't know if it's legal or not <laughs> but, but through through bitcoin you know you're able to deposit and damn yeah <laughs> i don't recommend the the online one <laughs> but if you do let me know and i'll send you the promo code so i could get a hundred dollars deposited right. into my account <laughs> Jeez, what up yeah it's, it's bovada.lv i think Oh, he's, he's plugging. He's just plugging stuff. I know. Hey, if you guys are looking at Vlada, whatever, promo code. What's Bavada your promo LV. code? Let me see. See, now you're already plugged it. You already plugged it. Yeah, it's Bovada.LV. There you go. Hit his DMs. <laughs> yeah. What's the goal now? You've been in the state, you've, you've been doing radio for so long. What, what What's the goal now for you? Um,. I want to, I mean, of course I want to build the brand, but eventually in a couple of years, I want to start transitioning and I, I do it now, but a lot more behind the scenes and helping out with, with the, some of the other radio stations we own. And I wouldn't mind like, you know, like at that time, like, like I love this area. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind just like doing like the behind the scenes stuff and, and, and running some type of business here locally. Mm-hmm. After all these years that you've been on radio, I'm sure you've seen a lot of local artists, you know, start from the bottom to, you know, to the top. Uh, shout out Drake. I just totally just did a rap. <laughs> Fucking awful, terrible. Starting from the bottom to the top. <laughs> Bootleg ass Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Who's been your favorite local artist that you've, that you've been able to see them become who they are now? Uh, So there's... I mean, I, I gotta say, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the dad answer. They're all my favorite, yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, I really like what what uh what Anderson Pack did. Uh, you know, I I really like the way you know he kind of put his project because I I seen like a lot a lot of people don't know like the relationship between him and the station. Like he didn't like the station. Like there was a point where uh, I don't I don't know what happened because I wasn't there. Okay. But of course, uh, one of the things I will tell you, anytime anything happens with, with a hip hop station or a top 40 station in the 805, Rico and Mambo always got blamed for it. No way. So, <laughs> so it was just funny cause we got to interview him and I interview him and I, I, you know, I kind of, you know, mentioned like what, whatever had happened with, with the radio station at the time. But it's, to me, it's just, it's just so dope that, that, uh, that, for what he did and who he was working with, he still repped the area. Yeah. Mm. And that's always been like, 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 you know, big for, for anybody locally. Like, like I've gone to the store, like in Visalia and I see, you know, uh, Santa Paula avocados and I get all happy. Like, yo, that's, that's where we're from or yeah. 805 beer. Um, uh, Kyle is another one. Like, I really like the way, you know, Kyle, Kyle was, was moving because, you know, I when I first when I first met him, uh, you know, I, I met your brother too. Uh, uh, Quay used to have a store on Main Street. Quay used to work with us, 
and they used to have like a like a streetwear store. Yeah. And I remember uh, watching some of his videos, and I was like, "Yo, this kid is dope!" Like, I really like the way they're putting like their little project together. And then you know, fast forward a couple years later, and they're selling out the <laughs> the Ventura Theater. Yeah. And they're touring and doing all this thing, and it's so dope to to see him still do shows and then hit hit this market. Like Anderson Pack is doing his uh, his uh, Pack House uh, fundraiser here in in Oxnard next week. I didn't know that. And uh, it's just so dope that you know, even though they're they're doing shit globally, they're still coming to you know to their backyard. Exactly. Yeah. So so there there's a lot of a lot of things. I mean I mean I lean like a cholo, uh, dude. Uh, yeah. Down. That was that was like something else. Like you know, a lot of people like always looked at like you know they they do the stereotype thing and and you know if you're a Latin artist they always put you in a uh Chicano rap category yeah. but that dude had the number one song everywhere uh people were making comedy skits about it and everything yeah. and and you know he he's from Oxnard yeah yeah he did his thing so so i i guess i guess everyone who who comes up from this area is like like a proud moment for me but you know there's there's a lot of local talent too that's that's still out there waiting to blow up do you know who who's somebody right now because i know you guys have uh is it 805 spotlight right uh yeah 805 spotlight who's somebody that you can think of that's that you guys had in the station uh recently that we that people should be looking out for here in the county man there's there's a lot of them bro mm-hmm. like it's just it's just hard because see back then it was it was a lot easier to to like you know pick one because you could see them doing their thing nowadays like like i'll go on my instagram and and there every other every other one is is an artist or or someone doing their thing and i really like the way like you know people stepped it up with their visuals with with uh, the pr- uh, production and their music and everything because back then like people used to just say like hey i got a song put me on the radio yeah but now it's like a lot of, a lot different because everyone's doing something like to to take that next step yeah and 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 i think before it was just harder to to actually see if they were doing something because now you could you know uh, uh search their 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 ig and you know dig a little deeper to see if they have videos see how many views they have on stuff and see if their music is on spotify and and, and everything else because dude i get so many dms since we started the 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 805 spotlight people wanting to be on the show but i still look at stuff like that like yo like what are you doing besides just putting a song out exactly there's there's more to it than just i want to be on the radio if if you wanted to be on your local radio station if that's your goal like you know it's going to be hard to <laughs> yeah. to get on um i wanted to I'll wait till the end to ask this was we have spotify we have youtube we have itunes i mean we have the internet, pretty much what I'm saying is, in your opinion, will radio ever die? It won't die, but it won't be as popular as it as it was at one point. Mm-hmm. I mean, radio's free, so I think uh, I think we always judge things based on 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 the lifestyle that we're doing. True. You you got to remember, like you know, there's some people who barely have enough to put food on the table and pay their their monthly so radio is always going to be there as as an another entertainment 
for for them besides you know watching tv at home and <clears throat> i think as long as there's still like like uh radios in in cars you know people are still gonna mess with it and i think i think for as much as we like the playlists on spotify or or uh or itunes mm-hmm. or apple music like being local always wins like you know people want to know what's going on locally exactly like i know when i go to get my news from uh uh from uh apple of all the shit that i pick when i first got my phone yeah i still go back to the vc star to see what's going on locally so i I think local it's not going to be as popular as it was at one point but it's it's still going to be there yeah it's a great answer such a great answer. And finally, my last question is when it's all said and done and, you know, 60, 70 years down the line, you know, people talk about you. You want to be remembered as blank, blank, blank. I I hope people share a story about me and then say, like, you know what? He wasn't a dick. He was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I hope it's not my grandkids saying that shit. <laughs> Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having hey, wait, me. Wait, no, hold on. You forgot your other question that you always ask. Ask it. You always ask the other one. Ask it. Um, some, was, oh, were you waiting for me to I ask it? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, someone that wants to be, I guess you're two things technically, a radio show host and a DJ. So someone that wants to be that, wants to be you, wants to be the mambo of their county or whatever, what advice would you give them? Uh, be you. Don't try to be like someone else. That person's already taken. You know, be yourself. Nobody, you're the only one that could share your story. Anything that happens to you, you filter it through whatever your name is, whatever, however you live your life. Uh, if you're trying to be the next Ryan Seacrest, there's already a Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, true. If you're trying to get a job somewhere else, guess who, who Guess who they're going to hire? Are they going to hire the dude that wants to be like Ryan Seacrest or are they going to hire the real Ryan Seacrest? So always always just be yourself. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that was dope. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I appreciate Mambo for being here. Thank you to my co-host, Juan Ramirez. And, of course, thank you to our sponsor, Persistence Culture Media Group. We appreciate you guys. And until next time, Pep Talk, we out. you again for listening to that episode we really appreciate your support and if you guys want to uh keep in touch with us look us up look us up at uh big pep 3342 that's my instagram juan's instagram is juan's arts and of course thank you to our sponsor as always persistence culture media at go persistence media all right guys thank you catch you next week